uh, we were on the show Smothered. And so I've always loved being on TV. And it wasn't just to, like, it wasn't to become famous or anything, but it was to show people that, like, even someone four feet four can make a difference and make an impact and be a big voice to help other people show people that you can do anything, anything's possible. Welcome to the Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast, the place where we help entrepreneurs to not hate their boss. Our mission is to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. My name is Robert Peterson, former passer turned CEO and the smiling coach. I believe that success without happiness is failing, but there is hope. Join us each week as we bring you an inspiring leader or message to help you. Thanks for investing time with us today. Today's guest beat the odds. She was abandoned by her mother at birth in Siberia, Russia. After being adopted and brought to the United States, she was diagnosed with a rare genetic disease and given little chance of surviving. She beat the odds. Elena Galan loves the stage, and even though her body is small in stature, her heart is as big as the city she calls home, New York. She's been on the stage at Radio City Music Hall, Carnegie Hall, and in movie productions. She earned an internship with CBS News and found her niche and love for the camera in the world of television. She's earned an MBA. She's appeared on reality TV and is committed to making a big impact in the world in spite of her body only being four foot four, proving that big things come in small packages. Elena Galan and Robert discuss her adoption and overcoming many challenges in life to find success. She's a college graduate with an MBA. She's appeared on television as an involved in serving the community, currently working with clothing designers to help women of her stature not need to shop in the children's department. If you're an entrepreneur who started their business with a purpose and a passion that has been lost in the busyness of the daily grind, we get it. That is why we've opened up our free strategy calls. A lot of entrepreneurs, probably including you, just want a sense of clarity on the barriers holding them back that you need to overcome in order to accelerate your growth and achieve your dreams. These short 30-minute calls give you a chance to work with one of our coaches without any commitment or pressure. Scheduling is easy. Just go to smilingcall.com. Let's jump on a call and get you the help and clarity you need. Select a time and let's build your business. It's time for you to add values. Alana, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have this conversation and just looking forward to sharing your journey. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to sharing my journey with you and getting to hear about you too. <laughs> so typically I let each guest just start the episode with their entrepreneurial journey and and uh, you know the way that how they're trying to make an impact in the world today. Um yeah. So, I mean, I've been making an impact since I stepped foot on this earth, I guess. And when I came here, uh, I was the first person in Northeast to get an enzyme replacement therapy that saved my life. And so I guess on the medicine side and uh, personally, I wanted to give back. And so that's when I started lecturing at Einstein Medical School and all uh, medical 
to medical residents, I guess, to inspire people and to uh, get people more aware about my rare genetic disease and how it can help other people um, who also may have the same disease and how we can innovate to maybe make medicine better. So that's like my way. And then also um, almost losing my life, I knew um, singing was my way of coping with um, all my challenges. And so I figured, well, let me sing and write music and be of the voice for many people, not, not only through voice, but also through singing and lecturing. Nice. Well, and then also you've uh, you've done a little stint on television as well. Uh, yes, that was a crazy one. So um, I don't know if you want, you want me to talk about how we got into that or... <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, it's part yeah. of your journey. And I think everybody or lots of people aspire to that. And maybe maybe you can help them see the 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 drama side of not wanting to be in drama. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, when we were on. So I was on TLC um, Network and we were on the show Smothered. And so I've always loved being on TV. And it wasn't just to, like, it wasn't to become famous or anything, but it was to show people that, like, even someone four feet four can make a difference and make an impact and be a big voice to help other people, show people that you can do anything, anything's possible. And so... Um, when I saw that there was a mother and daughter show, I said this was the perfect show for us to be on because um, being adopted from Siberia, Russia, my mother and I look alike and we talk alike, we act alike. It's too weird. It's crazy. So we always believe it was destiny. And so I thought maybe, you know what, this is a great way for people to see our special connection and to see the big things and challenges that we've gone through. Um, a lot of people don't know, but uh, all through COVID and everything, uh, the past two years, I had 10 surgeries. And so um, despite all that, while we were filming and everything, all behind the scenes was more drama. Um, I had vocal surgery. Um, I almost lost my voice. And so a lot of the stuff like... Um, they filmed, wasn't even put on TV, that should have been on TV, because everybody, I think, could have related to that kind of drama. Um, when when we were filming, um, they said, oh, what do you do with your mom? I said, well, I go shopping. I We do a lot of, um, like, we she'll be there for my infusions to celebrate my life and to show people, you know, that... Um, even though I have an infusion every week, um, it's something that I'm grateful for because I got my life back. And so um, then they asked us, well, do you want to shower together? And I was like, uh, no, that's not what we do. So, But on that show, there's mothers and daughters that are super, super, super close and way too close. So I wasn't all about making anything sensational like that. <laughs> I was about uh, being more inspirational. So that's why we got kicked off the show. But <laughs> so, so let's talk about authenticity, right? Because I... There is a yeah. temptation in this day and age to to not be your authentic self. And, and they kind of opened a door and saying, 
well, do you do this or do you do that? And and so let's talk about Alana wanting to be her authentic self. Yeah. I mean, so like if you watch that show, like a lot of people, I mean, I don't want to say it, but you could tell like sometimes people want to be on TV just to be on TV. And I've always been the person that would say it like it was. And I've, I've always been confident, but I've, I've never been like my fake self. So like if somebody came up to me and said, does this look good on you? I'll say, do you want the truth or do you want the lie? And I would tell it like it is. And I would help somebody, but I wouldn't be nasty about it. I would always try to motivate somebody and build their confidence up, but tell them maybe this would look better. Or maybe if you do this, um, it'd probably be a better approach. And so I always went about um, trying to help people so they can be a better version of themselves. And so like for myself, um, there were always there's flaws to everyone. There's flaws in me and I know it. And so I always brought out the better side of me and tried to uh, shine a light on that and say, how can I be better tomorrow? And how can I be better today? And so that's what I think kept me going because there's always more. Uh, room for improvement and room for growth. And I think that um, y even though I walk around confidence, it, there's a difference than walking around like I know it all. And, and that's what I don't do. I always try to um, make sure that um, you build your self-confidence, but you also make sure that you're humble and that you give back and you don't take anything for granted and because every day is um you never know if you're going to be here tomorrow or wake up and so you gotta make sure that you do everything you always wanted to do that day um because it may be the last and so that's how i always lived well that's so so powerful so all right a couple things so let's let's go back and and let's put it out there let's yeah. talk about this uh this disease that you were born with and the miracle cure that's, that's allowed you to, to, to stay with us because you have more to share and more to do and, and a bigger impact to make. Yeah. So I'm, I'm missing an enzyme. And so I receive an enzyme replacement therapy once a week for five hours. It's a weekly infusion. So my nurse comes to the house, uh, does the infusions, and it's a rare genetic disorder. So it's MPS6. We're also known as mucopolysaccharidosis, or I say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And <laughs> it's uh, yeah, and so it's a rare disease that um, if you don't get the enzyme replacement, then the impurities in your joints and your organs don't break down. And so over time, so there's a wide spectrum, and at least I'm on the lower spectrum, so I wasn't as impacted as some people that I know um like they're in wheelchairs, they have trachs, they have a lot of issues, like medical issues. And so if you get the enzyme earlier, um, this even though there's a wide spectrum, you'd probably be healthier. And so I was lucky because my body 
produce that 1%. And so when I got my first infusion at age seven, uh, being the first person in Northeast to get the enzyme replacement, um, I grew five inches the first year. Um, I started actually not being weak anymore. I was running around rock climbing and it just done wonders for me. Um, I haven't had many health issues until just the last year, but that's um, just spinal surgeries and vocal surgeries because I sing. So, but that's more, I guess, the spinal is the MPS, but the vocal is just a natural vocal singer's issue. But yeah. So you mentioned 10 surgeries during, during COVID. And, and so okay. some of those were on your spine because of because of the growth of your body, so, is that? Mm -mm. So there's um, stenosis around the spinal cord and and kyphosis. So um, in MPS, sometimes you'll find um, curvatures in the spine and you'll find um, stenosis compression in your cervical spine. And so if you don't alleviate the compression, you eventually become paralyzed. And so in MPS, the uh, spinal cord will, the polysaccharides will go around the spinal cord, tightening it, and then cutting off the spinal cord. So what I had to do was get decompression surgery uh, in my cervical, and that's what alleviated all the nerve tension. And when I had that done, then I, all my nerves came back and everything. But if people don't catch it, then... So that's why you got to get MRIs every year and make sure you check the body and everything. But um, it all started uh, two years ago, when I had a vocal surgery and they moved my neck the wrong way and I almost did get paralyzed. And so they didn't use neuromonitoring, which led to the exacerbation to have the spinal surgeries. So it was, wow. um, yeah. So with MPS, the surgeries are way more complex. You have to be extra careful. I imagine almost everything you have to be extra careful at this point. Nowadays, I think everybody should be careful. Right. Know? So so let's talk about singing and 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 your opportunity to sing and and how that's impacted your life. Well, yeah, so I mean ever since I was younger, I always sang um to the time I could speak and it was a way it was my escape um Growing up, I was bullied and um, I didn't have uh, as many friends because people always looked at me at, as I was different. So I used singing as my escape. And so when I was eight years old, I started taking professional voice lessons. I performed at Radio City Music Hall for Garden of Dreams Foundation. And that's when I knew, you know what, this is how I can inspire people. And so um, all the way up to 13 years old, I auditioned to, for X Factor, made it to round five to the producers. And then in 2016, I performed at Carnegie Hall for the Florence Foster Jenkins movie trailer. And I knew if I made it to Carnegie Hall, I can do anything. And so I continued writing music. And I went to college. Um, I ended up getting my MBA. And I 
always um, use music as my self therapy, but also to inspire other people. And in 2019 was when um, I lost my voice. And for that year that I didn't have my voice, when I had all those vocal surgeries, um, it was kind of a way for me to self-reflect um, how much my voice meant to me and that um, the voice is powerful and that you have to appreciate what you have. And so it was, it was definitely an experience that helped me to self-reflect on myself and to appreciate way more than I appreciated my life and voice before that. So I think everything happens for a reason. And it definitely uh, made me stronger as a person, but it also made me want to sing more. And um, I continue to write music. I'm still looking uh, to record more music, but of course ev now everything's opening up again. So that's good. Yeah. So you mentioned obviously appreciating what you have. And earlier you mentioned um, living in gratitude. So let, let's talk about the power of gratitude in your in your personal development. So, yeah, so I guess um, o over the years, um, I always, I guess ever since I was um, in the orphanage, I knew um, that life wasn't just life and that you had to appreciate every moment. And after losing my voice, um, I found myself actually getting into TV and and I kind of found uh, different avenues of being the voice for people, not only through singing, but I found it through television, through podcasts, through um, writing music and just even lyrics. And um, I think that um, uh, over the years, like even through uh, in hospitals and everything and seeing other people, there's always people that are worse off than me. So I always try to remember that if I have this little problem, okay, it like I'll get through it. Um, and whatever happens, happens. And whatever is meant to be is meant to be, but not to live life in fear or to live life like oh, it's a challenge and an obstacle. It's just something that it's a lesson and we learn from it and we're able to hopefully heal from it and maybe help other people cope through similar issues or get through those issues too. Nice. So the other thing earlier you mentioned was was the ability to give back and, and your desire to give back and serve. How is how is contributing back to your community and and serving others driven you? Um, it's definitely every time I um, go to give back or lecture or anything, I always feel a sense of like I made an impact in somebody's life. And I think that if I can just make an impact in one person's life, that can make all the difference. Um, when I sing on stage or if I sing in front of the camera or if I speak or lecture to medical students, um, I know I'm doing something um, to change somebody's life. And when I see somebody smile, that makes me smile. And it makes me happy to know 
I made somebody else happy or I made an impact. Um, it's not necessarily like I always live not to make myself happy, but to make other people happy. And I think I'm here for a reason. I survived for a reason. So it's my obligation, I think, to live to give back and to help people um, see the positives in life and not to look at like that they're sick or that there's something wrong with them, but to see that um, they're special and they're unique. And just because they're unique doesn't mean they can't do anything or they can't um, live a normal life just like anybody. Hmm. So good. Yeah. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Perfect Publishing, a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing carefully chooses heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So how did how did you develop your confidence for public speaking, for putting yourself out there? So so actually I was a very strange kid. <laughs> when I was three, I think three years old. It I mean, I think ever since I was born, I always had confidence. But even for like for example like even when I was at the orphanage um and my mom picked me up I just hopped in the car like I've been I've been driving sitting in cars all my life like I had no fear of exploring um and as simple as like tasting foods I was always someone who would just try new things try new foods and um I wasn't afraid to go for it and so the moment um when I went up on that stage at Radio City Music Hall when I was eight years old, um, I just went up on that stage and was like, I own this. This is my home. And I knew then there's something like this is going to be dangerous because I I just was so confident. But I knew like I'm helping other people. And so that's what drove me to just keep going. And if I'm living then I just got to keep going. Like if something bad happened, just get up and just just try to fix it or make it work. And I think that like they say, like you, 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 you got to fake it till you make it. So just keep going. Nice. So let's talk a little bit about some more on the business side. Now you're also doing some things with clothing, right? Yes. So um, I've been, well, like, kind of collaborating with um, uh, Mindy Shire. She's from Runway of Dreams. And a few years ago, I actually walked for Fashion Week for her event. And she's making, she's partnering up with different um, companies like Zappos, Victoria's Secret. Um, she even partnered up with um, uh, Sephora. She's trying to get other different places, but she's making um, companies more aware of people who need accessibility in clothing. And I think it's an, uh, like so important because even me, like, like, I think that the way I was able to be confident was because 
even clothing help to build that confidence. And if I had something um, that I loved, I felt good in my body and good in myself. And so I think it's important, even people that feel different should be able to feel good about what they look like, um, how they like walk, how they are presented. And if you're able to feel good in your, your clothing, then you're probably able to feel good in your skin. And I think um, a lot of issues is that like, there's not that much opportunity to or availability of clothing. And um, like when I've gone to, um, so like I'm kid size. So now they're making clothing that's more grown up. But back then, they were all childish. So so um, Runway Dreams is trying to make clothing also that is adaptive in the sense that um, if people can't button their clothes or shirts, they're Velcro. And so she's trying to make things so they're more accessible and more, um, like, I guess, like, like, more adaptable, like adapted to put on. Even um, I partnered up with um, Tiffany's. So we were making a class that were easier to put on because a lot of people, not even um, with any challenges, but people who have hand dexterity issues are not able to clasp um, necklaces on. Like I even have that issue. And so I thought it was great that they're making jewelry um, adaptive so the it could be available to a wider range market. So yeah, so we're doing like little things here and there and even making like high heels for like smaller petite people or um, like pants that are easy to get on. Um, with Victoria's Secret, they're trying to make, um, so like people that are in wheelchairs or that people that can't bend down, um, they should be able to feel sexy. So they're making like panties that are uh, snaps or Velcro so you can get them on too, also easily and bras that are more comfortable. So like without wiring and stuff. So there's like little things that companies can adapt that can make all the difference and people can have more availability. That's so good and, and so powerful and, and another place where you can be an advocate, right? And, and a voice for, for those that don't necessarily have the connections and, and have the voice um, that, that you have. So another great way to make an impact. That is for sure. <laughs> so let's talk about connection and, and the power of connection. And, and obviously you've been making connections uh, your whole life, right? Into, into singing opportunities, into the, the TV opportunity and, and of course, into these marketing opportunities and getting companies to to do more. And so from an entrepreneurial perspective, um, how do you develop connections and, and maintain connections? Um, so I have always been the person that would just go up to somebody and start speaking and networking. Um, I think it's very important to have business cards handy. Um, what I always have done was I had my own kind of angle and I know it's not the traditional business angle, but I've always had my picture with 
the name and the email because I think it's important that if somebody has a face to connect to the card, they'll remember you. And so um, I've always done that. And now I actually added QR codes to the back of my business card. So you can actually hear me sing and you can also get connected to my LinkedIn. And so I think it's very important um, that somebody is able to access something very quick, but also is like you remember it. And another thing is um, making sure to build that connection by keeping that connection. And so I've always um, touched base with the person and I've just naturally um, stay connected with people anyways. I, I probably talk too much. So I love socializing, mingling, and making sure that that person is heard too and um, getting to know that person, not just talking about myself. I love that you didn't don't assume that people are, remember you. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Send you a picture and include that. Include that. Love that your QR code includes a chance to hear you sing as well. So that's yes. so powerful. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your, your personal growth journey and, and how have mentors helped Alana grow? Yeah. So I guess the, through my connections, I've done podcasts, I've um, networked with people. So along the way, I picked up I guess, connections, and that's how I was able to um, gain other opportunities to help other people. Um, it just kind of came naturally. Like, I, I was doing another podcast um, for uh, my school, and that's how I got connected with Runway of Dreams. So it's amazing how you just connect with people. Like, another part was um when I was eight years old and I got my first infusion um Dr. Max Gomez from CBS 2 News interviewed me and for all these years we stayed connected which is amazing and so when I in 2019 he actually gave me an internship to intern at CBS 2 News and we had we were able to spend that summer together which I thought was just so special because anybody can make a connection, but if you're very close with someone, I think it means a lot more because you're able to connect not only on a um, personal level, but you're able to connect and be able to learn, be more open to learn because you're you're connected, if that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do you love to do in your free time? Oh gosh, do I have any free time? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I guess, well, I've been writing music, singing. Um, I actually have been studying my IT, but I also um, love to swim. I love going on vacation. Um, I love the beach so much, but I've been just I do a lot of networking still, even when I'm free. I'm always networking. I'm always trying to find new opportunities to help other people and to see what more I can do to get back in the world. Because I think uh, life's too short to waste time. And so I'm always going, going, going. So I probably need to take a step back. But 
even when I'm in surgery, it's funny, I'm doing auditions. And people are like, you're in a hospital and you're doing an audition? And I'm like, of course. Like, so that's like my kind of work ethic. I just keep going and going and going. Nice. So obviously infusions is a regular routine for you yeah. and a part of your, your weekly life. Um, what other routines are, are important to you? Um, well, uh, well, oh, that's a good one. So, um, well, I'm always with, um, I'm always making sure to give some time to my mom because she is older. And so I want to make sure that, um, I value my time with her. Um, I had a routine of going to school, college. Um, when COVID hit, everything kind of got shifted. And so, um, I do a weekly podcast uh, for Ability Media uh, with Quinnipiac, and that's a, a channel for disabilities. So it's for to tell stories about people with differences. And other than that, I've been um, I do checkups. I go. Um, I'm trying to write a another children's book right now um the first book that i wrote was differences are blessings which was about a tall giraffe um that was the opposite size of me jira the giraffe and none oh. of the animal animal uh animals would talk to her and so by the end um everybody learns to accept her even though she's different and so that book i actually wrote when i was seven uh in seventh grade and then i actually made it more professional when i got into um high school so now i'm trying to write another book but yeah and i'm studying for my it and um i still do um modeling gigs here and there um and i'm still trying to i guess pick it back up since COVID had hit. So, yeah. So, so what was the impact of, of writing your book? Obviously you wrote it and then rewrote it. And then, and I assume now it's published. So what was the impact of having? Oh, not yet. Oh, your, your draft book's not published yet. No. So I actually did all my own clip arting and I got them printed, but it's not, it's not um, like it's, no, I don't have a publisher. So I sell them to um, hospitals and um, I read them at libraries and um, schools. Nice. So I did it for a gold award, but I'm still looking for a publisher. So it's so it's self-published at this point. Yes, self-published. Fantastic. It was edited so multiple times. <laughs> yes. So, so obviously there's been some impact of the book because you've had opportunities to read it at yeah. at libraries and hospitals and so so what's what, what was the impact of the book for you uh for me i think it definitely gave me more confidence and it gave me closure uh from my past um uh, it definitely um helped i think people who have been bullied and uh, with my experience of being bullied, I was able to share with other children that you're not alone and that there are ways to stand up for yourself, but not in a um, rude or bad way, but a way that um, will help you to get around, navigate in this world. And I think that is truly important because um 
when you're in high school or middle school, you're kind of in this bubble and nobody really knows how to navigate the world when they get out of high school. Mm. And so I think it's so important that people know how to stand up for themselves because when you start going into work or you still start going into a college setting or any kind of workplace setting, it's important that you know how to respectfully um stand up for yourself and know what's right and wrong and um, that to not let people step all over you just because of something like it's it there's just no reason that people should put you down and um, even if you're different um, everybody um, has feelings and everybody should be treated the way they want to be treated and mm. like yeah and I think it's important that because um, a lot of people uh, parents also will tell their children oh you're ill or you have this or that and I think that lowers somebody's confidence and what my mother always did was say no you're not ill you just have to get medicine every week that's keeping you alive but you could do anything and I think it's so important that everybody knows that you can do anything but you just gotta find the strength to bring yourself up oh that's so good and so, so yeah. good of your mom to, to encourage you in that way. Cause you're right. So many people get labeled by their illness or labeled by a disease or labeled by a disability. And, and then it becomes a part of their identity. And I think the most powerful people are the ones that recognize that that's just a piece of you. That's not all of you. And there's so much more to you than, than, than this illness that, you know, this missing enzyme. <laughs> The rest of you is yeah. is more than complete and more than enough. And so that's so that's powerful. So let's talk a little bit about what inspires you. Well, definitely uh, my mom has inspired me so much. Um, if it weren't for her, I don't know who I'd be today, but she definitely helped me to spread my wings and help to lift me up to be the person I am today. I mean, if it weren't for her, I wouldn't have done all the thing that I've done and all the uh, sing engagements, all the charity work that I've done. And um, a lot that also inspires me is my music and uh, my lyrics and, and the people that are listening. I think um, being able to hear other people's impactful stories has given me um, hope that like it's not the end and that you can do anything and um, life may have its obstacles, but it's just a lesson and it's something that is it's going to just be something that makes you stronger and you can't lose your confidence and you can't lose yourself just because there's an obstacle. And so my mom has really helped me to get through all my challenges. And I, I think like she always tells me I've, I've helped her. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's, that's. All right, Alana, what's, what's your big dream? Oh, my big dream one day is to have my own TV talk show so I can help inspire other people and maybe one day um, be able to bring um, other stories on there too. Well, that's so good. 
So with all, all the success that you've had and all the things that you faced, uh, what's your biggest challenge? Um, I think my biggest challenge is, um, like what people don't know is that, yes, I smile on the outside, but I think it's um, sometimes accepting um, myself and being able to, um, I guess, facing the disease challenges because I hope that everything keeps going well, but nobody really knows what the future holds. And so it it's a challenge having that fear, but I don't let it hold me back. Good for you. Yeah. All right. So our entrepreneurs have been listening to you for just over 30 minutes and you want to leave them with Alana's words of wisdom. What would you share? Well, I just want everyone to know that don't give up on your dreams. Keep going for it. If it's an invention, if it's uh, TV, if it's anything so small that you think is so small, just go for it because you never know what doors it will open. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing from your heart. Appreciate your authenticity. Appreciate your story. And, and uh, I hope that... Um, my audience is as inspired by you as I am. Oh, thank you. And you've inspired me too. I appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by intentional decisions that lead to massive success. No, those aren't companies promoting our show. They are qualities that you need to build your business and take control of your life. So to help you out, I'm offering my most popular worksheets to help you plan the future you want and audit your calendar today. The best way to get what you want is to know what it is and start making sure that your calendar matches. You can download them free today at addvaluemindset.com. If you will take action by just completing these two activities, they will change your life and business. I promise you a new level of results in the coming year. The problem is that we make things so complicated and we lose focus on what is really important. These tools will help you refocus on what matters most. When you align your passion with your purpose in your work, you can be happier and start doing the things you wanted to in the first place, like spending more quality time with the kids. To get your free copy of the tools to start tackling your busy schedule, go to addvaluemindset.com. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, leave a review. But most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who needs to hear it. Share, share, share. In our next episode, Dave Stevens and Robert talk about the incredible impact he is making for people with disabilities. It is the only minority group you can join at any time, and yet they still have the smallest representation in politics and corporate support. He proves it is possible to achieve greatness in spite of limitations. Dave wants to see more doors open to people with disabilities because he knows the greatness that is possible.